Welcome to Jen's Lore Corner, a podcast focused on the lore in the Diablo series of video games. Hey people, this is Jen, and I am presenting you with the very first one of a new segment, which is called Jen's Lore Corner. And in these segments, as you may have guessed, I'm going to present different portions of lore from the Diablo universe, Uh, primarily, probably primarily starting with Diablo 3, but also since it's so interconnected, linking back into some of the other games and the books and how they all tie together. So to start off, I'm going to focus on Adria. Adria is actually a character that's been in the Diablo universe for as long as Deckard Cain. And that might may sound a little bit strange to some people because everyone knows who Deckard Cain is. But I think if you only started playing Diablo in Diablo 3 and hadn't explored the previous ones, you might not have the slightest idea that Adria wasn't a brand new character just for the Diablo 3 uh, game. She's been around a long time. The lore behind her is a bit scattered. You'd have to actually sort of dig around for it uh, or listen to this because I'm going to put it all together for you right now. One of the things you can find uh, that tells you a bit about Adria and her life and her past is some of the journals that you can find in the Diablo 3 game. And I'll highlight where those are as I get to them. But the rest can be found in the Book of Tyrael, completely outside of the game. It's got several pages that discuss... uh, Adria's life, but not from her point of view. It's from the point of view of Tyrael, and in some places it's actually through the point of view of Deckard Cain and Leah. So um, she doesn't get to tell her story herself other than inside the game through those journals. So what I'm going to do here is try to put the pieces in chronological order and sort of give you what's going on with Adria, who she is, and uh, what motivates her. And for the most part, the thing to know about Adria is she is primarily all about power. That's what she's been seeking her entire life, is power and more power and more power, which uh, is not unheard of for what's essentially a bad guy in any kind of a uh, fantasy-type thing. However, her desire for power is somewhat different than uh, some other characters and has a little bit to do with her childhood, I would think. So to get right into this, uh, in the Book of Tyrael, There's a portion that describes Adria as having a faint accent and a way of speaking that indicates that she was probably born and raised along the docks of Kingsport, oddly enough. Um, You might remember in Diablo 3, there's a portion where uh, Leah finds part of her mom's journal and in Adria's hut and says, oh, she wasn't from she wasn't from Tristram originally. Well, she wasn't. She was from Kingsport, it turns out. Adria was an only child. Her father was named Severin, and he came from a long line of powerful merchants. He was, he, he was rich. He was born into a rich family. Uh, Severin had amassed, or maybe just inherited, uh, and then built on, a great deal of wealth. So he was he's really good at whatever it was he was selling. Um, I'm not really sure what. They don't really give you a lot of details of exactly you know the financial aspects or the goods he was selling or that kind of thing. But he was rich. So Adria was in a rich family. Um, now... That sounds like a great thing until you realize that Severin was uh, described as unstable and prone to sudden acts of violence. So she didn't have an ideal childhood, even though she was you know, really well-to-do, well-off, had a home and a family and lots of money. 
So her father, uh, when she was very young, her father took her to uh, an event, I guess, that was going on in the town. You can find this as part of Adria's journals that are in the game. Uh, there are six portions. There's six parts of Adria's journal, and they're all found in, I want to say, the Blood Marsh, kind of laying around that area. Um, might be in the Paths of Drowning as well. So they're somewhere in there if you find them. Uh, you can pick them up in game. Um, I find it sometimes hard to focus on the lore as you're playing through and trying to like kill monsters. So uh, here's what Adria's journal part one says. She says, the first time I saw a witch, she burned. Father took me to the town square to see it. Look, he said, that is the face of evil. But she looked like any other woman and burned like anything else. Then the flames engulfed her and her eyes found mine and she laughed. So this is what her father took her to go see. They He took her to town to watch a witch being burned. Now, this tells us a couple of things. Um, first of all, it tells us that in uh, Sanctuary, uh, people don't like witches. You know, they, they label someone a witch who may or may not be a witch. This is Sanctuary. She could very well be a witch in all of the, like, classic fairy tale kind of things we think about, um, or not. You know, it's really hard to tell. Uh, and what they do when they find a witch is burn them. Now, we know uh, there's other uh, examples of this in Diablo 3, which I'll get to into in another segment, possibly. So this is what Adria's father took young Adria to go see. It was probably a fairly normal event for the uh, people uh, that went to it, I guess. Um, I don't think this was an unusual occurrence. I doubt it happened every day, but imagine being a small child and having and watching this. You know, this is kind of where Adria's uh, world starts. There's a few interesting, th- interesting things about this that really set Adria uh, kind of on her life path. First of all, Adria described this woman uh, that was she was told was a witch as the face of evil, but Adria just saw a woman. She didn't see, you know, anything different about this this woman in there. Uh, the witch starts laughing at Adria, which is really a bizarre experience on a lot of levels. I think most people who are burning would probably be screaming. And here's this woman looking at a child and laughing. So um, I think the implication is perhaps the witch knew that Adria was also a witch. But Adria didn't know that about herself yet. So now she's questioning things at the age of she was under the age of 10 at this point. She was really young. Um, so the other, the other thing to note about this is that, uh, this might be the only time that her father paid any attention to her. Adria very much felt that, uh, she was ignored by her father and she desperately wanted his attention as many children do from their parents. Um, she never quite felt that he gave her the attention that she desired from him. Um, now not much is known about Adria's mother. You can, there's like a couple of sentences about her in the book of Tyrael she wasn't even given a name. Blizzard didn't feel it was important enough to give Adria's mother a name. She exists only in relation to uh, her husband and her child, and they didn't take two seconds to just, like, throw a couple letters together and make a name. You know, we don't need a whole backstory, but how about a name, guys? That would be, you know, a good idea. Um, So Adria's mother, who's nameless, we don't know really anything. (laughs) We know nothing about her history. We don't know if she was also as rich as uh, her husband before the marriage. We don't know anything socially about them. We don't know why she got married. We don't know any of this stuff. What we do know is uh, uh, when Adria was young, possibly uh, shortly after the event where she's taken to watch a witch burn of all things, uh, you know, not something you would normally take a child to, I think, even under circumstances where your society considers this a normal thing. I mean, keep in mind, historically, this is something people did around the world in the real world. Um, So Blizzard is kind of just pulling that into the storyline. 
there was a situation where uh, her father, Severin, set out a, and he had a bunch of uh, stuff, stuff he was selling on uh, trade ships that he owned. Those trade ships got destroyed in a storm. He lost everything. He lost a small fortune. And this caused him, you know, the unstable person who was prone to violence to be filled with rage. And he chose to express that rage by strangling his wife to death. So this leaves Adria without a mom and with only her dad, who doesn't pay any attention to her. She didn't have any friends. You know, she was kind of isolated. One could presume that maybe there was another adult around that might have been helping take care of her a bit. You know, this was a rich family. They may have had servants. We don't know. She was about maybe 10 years old at this time. And, uh, you know, never quite got her father's attention ever, (laughs) really ever. The only time was when he took her to watch a witch burn and to tell her this is the face of evil. So, um... There's a second journal. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but basically and it, it's uh, Adria's journal part two. You can look it up and it says that, uh, you know, he could never understand. He was born into privileges and wealth. She implies that she f- feels that he cares more about money and all of that kind of thing than his own living daughter. Uh, she's extremely upset about this, you know, as you would be if you were 10. You have one parent left and... Uh, You know, that parent doesn't seem to care about you at all. In addition, I mean, think about this. Her father killed her mom. She knew it. She was 10. She knew her mother. This does not establish a good situation in a child's mind. You know what I mean? There was a lot of reasons why Adria kind of was, uh, became a sociopath. And I think it starts here. Um, And there might have been a reason why, you know, Severin was trying. Well, there was a reason why Severin was trying to, you know, uh, recreate the wealth that he lost. Uh, He owed a lot of people money. And he didn't have it. <laughs> and um, two situations occurred as a result of this uh, in a strange way. One, um, eventually, the town constable and the, constable and the city guards uh, arrested him for the murder of his wife. And at the time, the murder was punishable by hanging. So he was brought to prison. He wasn't directly brought to the town square, like, uh, you know, could have been done uh, for this punishment. He was brought to prison. And Adria, who was still a child, stayed outside the jail. She just kind of hung around and waited on him and waited for him by herself with no other adult in her life, apparently. Um, And while she's waiting, if you read Adria's Journal Part 3, you can look that one up as well, she's really got a lot of resentment towards her father at this point. And you can see why, Um, you know, within a short span of time, uh, you know, he killed her mom. They they lost their fortune. Uh, He's ignoring her still. And now he's in jail and she can't access him at all. I mean, it's easy to see why a 10 year old would be really resentful of a parent that had done this sort of thing. So she hangs around outside outside the jail by herself for as long as he's in jail. It's hard to say exactly how long. And in addition to this, you know, since her dad's ignoring her, she had a lot of time to be by herself. And how she spent that uh, was probably with some introspection. And she's starting to realize that maybe she herself is a witch. And she's terrified by this because she knows that if her father finds out she's a witch, well, she's going to end up in the town square being burned. And she's afraid of this. Um, You know, she also resents that about her father because... This, if she's a witch, uh, the way it seems to work in Sanctuary is you just are. You're not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily something you go and practice and become. Um, And Adria just was. She just was a witch. She had whatever that entails in Sanctuary. And she knows her father will never accept her for something that she really didn't have any control over. So she's got a lot of resentment. Now, um, 
What happens from there is because Severin was from a wealthy family originally and because he had a lot of uh, reputation, he had some influence still. He still had some influence, even though he was losing his money and his fortune. Um, He didn't end up being hung. He actually sort of bought himself a pardon, quite literally, with the last of his wealth, was released from prison, went back home with his daughter. And uh, as far as the town constable... uh, knows uh adria is extremely loyal to her dad because there she was right outside the right outside the prison the whole time um so from here things actually get worse uh you know he like i said had a lot of enemies that he owed a lot of money to and they really wanted it back and he didn't have any money um it was only a matter of time before something bad happened under those circumstances some of the people he owed money to were described as dangerous so you can kind of predict how this goes but it didn't quite go the way you might think um what happened was that uh adria in her spare time had uh started playing with fire and she's not like she didn't become you know someone who's trying to set fire to the uh I don't know, to the prison or something like that. But um, she did play with fire and she looked into the fire and someone was talking to her in it. And uh, in Adria's journal, part four, she describes them as they. And uh, she describes, you know, that they are asking her, what do you see? And she says she sees a burning man, a burning witch. She sees terror and a hunger that will consume everything. Uh And she chooses to give herself to the flames is part of what the journal says. Now, this does not mean she actually, uh, you know, walked into the fire or anything like that. Uh, Instead, what you can conclude from this is they is actually the Lord of Terror, Diablo, talking to her through the flames. Now, what does Diablo do? He plays on your biggest fears. He tries to make you terrified, finds out what you're afraid of, and uses that against you to manipulate you. This is what he did with Adria, who was still a little kid at this time. Um, That's what happened. So she kind of essentially, at this point, makes a pact with Diablo. Now, we don't know exactly what was said. We don't know what the entire arrangement was. Um, She probably... I I don't know if she knew it was Diablo or or knew his name at that point, but she knew that there was something there that was paying attention to her, right? (laughs) So that's kind of where she went. And when she went back home, um, she kind of had she was kind of done with her father who she's never she knew she was never going to get his attention she knew that if she did get his attention someday he would discover she was a witch and he would you know cast her out or or have her killed or whatever um she knows that he killed her mom um so she's got to have all kinds of emotions about this so what she did she went home she went into the house with you know where her father was and she set fire to the place while she and her father were still inside it And what happened was um, her father, you know, quickly realized that these flames weren't touching his daughter at all. She was unharmed walking through the flames and they were harming him and they were burning down the building and everything around it. And his with his dying breath, he screams the word witch at her. And we we kind of know this from her journal part five, which you can look up and it kind of explains that, you know, the flames consumed him, but not her. And uh he breathed one word it was his last and we know that word must have been witch at this point considering the circumstances so she uh it kind of confirmed a little bit of what uh diablo was telling her in the fire you know that and it confirmed her own suspicions you know her dad would find out she was a witch and uh reject her at this point though he's he's dead um or he's dying she leaves the fire leaves the house goes outside and is found by the constable staring intensely into the flames 
of her of her house. And uh, the city guards arrive to try to put out the fire, as you would, you know, apparently the guards are the fire department as well. And uh, that's not really unheard of, if you think about it. So the Book of Tyrael mentions the official report about this fire that the constable had uh, either written or collected up. Uh, it burned with an unnatural wrath. It's described as that. The guards, a couple of the guards that were trying to put out the fire were actually roasted alive in their armor while trying to fight it. This was no ordinary fire. It, water didn't have much effect on the flames. It took a full day to put this fire out. And the report mentions that all that was left of Severin, Adria's father, was charred bone. So now you've got like a 10-year-old, maybe 11-year-old at the most, who uh, has no parents at all whatsoever and has been through... Uh, even if you didn't know what was going on with this kid or her pact with Diablo, a lot of bad things had happened to this girl, and she took off. She took off into the wilderness around Kingsport. Um, it's not really clear exactly what happened to step by step from this point onward for, for a little bit of time, but eventually she does join a group of witches that were living in the wilderness. And uh, from what I'm understanding from the Book of Tyrael, Adria uh, became a very powerful figure within this group over time like by the time she was a you know teenager or so uh she became powerful and influential because again with adria it's all about power she didn't join this group because she needed a family she joined it because she thought there would be a way for her to become more powerful and this is where she met magda so um (laughs) that's where the two link up and uh they became best buddies basically they became best friends they could easily have both been teenagers at the time and they were probably close in age to each other. So they met within this group of witches. And uh, at the time, um, the coven, uh, which used to, it was a cult, of course, you see some of that in game, that was formed from the remains of the Triune. If you want to know more about the Triune, you should probably read the Sin War uh, books. It tells you a lot about the origins of that particular um going to say religion and maybe go into that in another episode of this as well um so the coven is there and it is not the group that they joined and uh it's it was a group that had you know become very powerful fell out of power became very powerful fell out of power over the years just had that sort of thing and adria and magda decide they want to join this coven they didn't actually want to become a part of it they wanted to rule it and they wanted to rule it together so they decided what to do as you know essentially teenagers that are witches in sanctuary um they poisoned the leaders of the coven and they took over and under their leadership this is when the coven started practicing torture and summoning demons and doing all the horrible things that you know about as you play through uh, diablo 3. um they did this not because they actually wanted you know to be like the the figureheads of a group that was doing horrible things specifically uh they didn't want you know it sounds like okay you know they do have a lot of power they have a lot of power over this group they're sharing leadership and um you know they they have devoted followers that will do whatever they tell them in part because they're afraid of them um you know that's power right but they were also doing this in addition to seek more power for whatever reason, Adria and Magda both believe they were destined to become the mortal heralds of the Burning Hells. And I can guess that Adria probably figured Diablo was going to give that to her. Maybe Magda was involved with Belial at this time. Um, it's kind of hard to say, but that's that's what they were going towards. This was a means to an end. And this is where Magda started sacrificing her own followers in an effort to achieve her own goals. Um, the two women, or teenagers it's hard to say how old they were or how long they stayed at this this group um they shared a lot of power 
And their followers thought of them as one entity, almost, because they were so close, and suggested that they were bound together in the same way that two lesser evils, Duriel and Andariel, were. Now, Duriel is the Lord of Pain, and Dariel is the only female lesser evil, and she's the Maiden of Anguish. So, you know, you don't, if your group leaders are, you know, compared to, to the Lord of Pain and the uh, Maiden of Anguish, you're probably not in a very good situation, as is. You can see why they were afraid of both of these women. Um, no one, no one was suggesting that, you know, either Adria or Magda were actually like possessed by these lesser evils or anything like that. They didn't have any relationship with them at all. Um, but this is how people saw them. The people in the coven saw them. And, uh, like I said, Adria and Magda were best buddies. They shared styles of clothing. They spoke in a similar way. They shared some other traits in the way that you would see like teenage girls who are best friends forever kind of doing where they kind of wear clothing that looks very similar and they do their hair the same way and all that sort of thing. Um, typical teenage kind of thing in a really, really bizarre situation in a fantasy world called Sanctuary. So, um, you know, they could have ruled this for a very long time. But one day, Adria just left the coven. She just left, walked away without a word, was gone. Nobody knew she was going to leave. Nobody knew why she was going to leave, except for her. And off she goes. And this is when she traveled to Tristram. Not the new Tristram that you see in Diablo 3, but the original Tristram that you see in Ruins in Diablo 3. That's where she went. So she uh, she left. She uh, set up a hut slightly outside of Tristram and started a new life. Okay. Now, why would she do this? She had everything. She had a best friend who is just as devoted to seeking power as she was in horrible ways. And she had power over a lot of people who were totally terrified of her. She's all about power. So why did she leave? Well, she left because Diablo was in the cathedral in Tristram. Way at the bottom, if you played through D1, you kind of remember. Um, maybe he was able to contact her and talk to her. So she's in Tristram now, right? And Tristram was a small town. You can walk through it in D3. It wasn't very big. It was a town where everybody knew everybody else, you know, kind of thing, and probably knew everybody's business, um, as small towns tend to do. She didn't move in directly to the town. She was kind of outside of it, and she sold healing potions and scrolls of town portal, if you remember from T1 all the way back there, uh, from her hut. So adventurers were starting to come to Tristram to venture into this demon-infested cathedral that was, you know, there, and... Uh, that's who some of her clients were. Um, that's kind of what kept her going. The townspeople did not welcome her at all. If you read Adria's Journal Part 6, part six which you can actually find within uh, the game as you play through uh, the zones I talked about, um, here's what it says. It's very telling. It says this, Which they called me, but I turned it against them. When their daughter had a child that needed to disappear... When there was a sickness that none of the healers could cure, who was it they pleaded with? When they needed me, the morality they flaunted in the daylight disappeared, as it always does. Now, this is very telling, okay? So, what we have here is a town full of people that don't like her, that have, they're calling her a witch, which is actually dangerous. I mean, they could decide to burn her because of that. Uh, this isn't a good situation for her. The power structure here isn't in her favor. So she turned that, what was it she said? Um, she turned that against them, I think is what she said, or something similar. So um, how did she do that? Well, here's what happened. You know, there were situations where um, people who had some sort of illness or injury and found that the town healer who stands in the middle of the town and is very 
public and everyone knows who talks to him, um, you know, couldn't heal them. Uh, they went to Adria and it's possible that Adria not only cured them, but may have saved their lives depending on what disease or whatever they had. So now if you're the person who the town healer can't heal and uh, Adria heals you, you might feel uh, like you kind of owe her something, you know, she saved your life. Maybe one day she's going to ask you for a favor. You might want not want to do that favor, but you might feel obligated to do that favor because who knows what else Adria can do? If she can cure, can she can she curse? You know, who knows? She put a little bit of fear in their minds and she put an obligation in their minds as well. Um, the other phrase in there, when a daughter had a child that needed to disappear, this one's very telling. Now, Adria wasn't talking about, say, a three-year-old who needed to find foster parents. She's talking about, uh, you know, mothers of teenage daughters who had gotten pregnant and shouldn't have been. Maybe they were unmarried. Maybe it was not the right time. Maybe they were young. Um, Sanctuary is a violent place. Perhaps they had no desire to have sex and become pregnant at the time. In any case, uh, this existed in, in Tristram and in Sanctuary and mothers of teenage daughters who had a child that needed to disappear, would come to Adria. Um, this is probably not something the healer was doing, and Adria was the only one that could perform. She was probably performing abortions, essentially. She was making the child disappear. Now, under those circumstances, with Adria in Tristram and a town full of people that hate her and may want to burn her at stake someday, performing this gives her a lot of power. She knows which daughters got pregnant. She knows which families the daughters are from. She might know who the father of the unwanted uh, child that needed to disappear uh, was, and she could choose to share all those secrets with the entire town at any given second. That gives her a lot of power. You don't want to piss off the woman that can ruin your daughter's reputation. So this is how she turned it against them. Extraordinarily manipulative. <laughs> Extraordinarily manipulative. She could have chosen not to help any of them and moved on to somewhere else, except for that, you know, she was waiting in Tristram for Diablo and had to stay. This is how she got herself t safe enough to stay there. It's incredibly, she had to be smart to do this, but it's just kind of sociopathic in a lot of ways. You know, I'm helping you because now you owe me. You know, that kind of thing is just a, a bit frightening on its own. So, as I said, people mostly did not talk to her in Tristram, and the only person who did was Deckard Kane. The two of them actually had some things in common. Both of them were very interested in the history of Sanctuary. We all know Deckard Kane was studying all these things about, uh, you know, demons and angels and, uh, you know, what uh, Leah later on says are just stories. You know, that's Deckard Kane. And Adria was actually interested in a lot of that kind of history, too, for her own reasons. She would talk to Deckard Kane and ask questions about Zoltan Kuhl and his Black Soul Stone. And... Uh, Long story short, eventually Adria uh, has a situation that was probably uh, of the type that Diablo was hoping for. Uh, I'm going to really shorten this because it kind of goes into another character story that I'm not covering right now. But there's a man named Aiden who lives in this town. And he ventured into the cathedral and captured Diablo in a cracked soul stone. And like I said, I'll go into that in another uh, episode, possibly. So long story short, the soul stone is cracked. Diablo is in it. Aiden is concerned that this soul stone will not hold him. So he decides to jam the soul stone into his forehead and hope that by his will alone, he could keep Diablo from escaping the soul stone and wreaking havoc all across the sanctuary. Um, so there he is. And this, of course, drives him mad because just that experience alone, I think, would do it. Other situations, 
that go with that story kind of would do it. Uh, he comes out not the same person at all. Uh, he's kind of scary now, and he's uh, kind of losing his mind because Diablo's in his head literally and is trying to mess with him. Um, and this is where you get to in the game. Uh, there's a point in the game where your player character is going with Leah, and she's unlocking that gate for you, and you're going into old Tristram or the original Tristram, and you're going, you know, you're you're passing there, and you're going to the re the remains of Adria's hut. That's where it is in the game, and uh, stuff happens. I'll let you play through it, and um, at the end, Leah finds Adria's journal, and it's just labeled Adria's journal, because when this uh, when this portion of the game was created, this was the only journal from Adria. The rest come in Act Five and have numbers on them, but this one's just called Adria's journal, and this is what it says. Aiden came to me last night. I suspected what was lurking within his troubled heart. I consoled him as best I could. Regardless, wherever he's headed, hell will surely follow in his wake. The shadows close in on Tristram once again, but like Aiden, I'll be gone before they fall. Now, when you run across this in-game, you don't really know much about what this is. If you know some of the lore, you might know who Aiden was. Um, but other than that, it's kind of vague. But, you know, here's really what this means. Um, you know, Adria was one of the only people that would talk to Aiden because he was kind of losing it, you know, and uh, he uh, decided at some point he was going to he couldn't stay in Tristram and was going to leave to make a long story short. And so he came to Adria's hut. The two had sex and this produced a pregnancy. Now, Adria was not in love with Aiden, uh, but she did have a strong connection to Diablo, who just so, so happened to be inside Aiden's head at that moment. They were kind of two entities in one. And that is who Adria was connecting with not aiden um so adria becomes pregnant with a child that was fully intended to become a vessel for diablo that's why she got pregnant that child was leah and you know what happens to leah in game i might go into leah's story in another uh segment of this if people want to hear it so um so she becomes pregnant and uh decides at some point that she's going to leave tristram she said she wasn't going to stay she knew the fall of tristram was coming don't know how she knows this <laughs> maybe diablo had more uh, to say to her than we know. Maybe she just had a suspicion, but she's leaving and she takes Jillian with her. Jillian was a barmaid at the tavern and uh, the two women traveled together to Chaldeum while Adria was like very obviously pregnant and they found a home to live in. Uh, now Jillian had uh, been taking care of her sick mother. So she had at least a little bit of like uh, skills as a healer. I think it would be the phrase in, in sanctuary, you know, she was had some nursing skills. She, she helped Adria give birth to Leah and you know, so Adria is a mom. She's got a newborn baby and she's not the slightest bit interested in this child because you know, this child was born to be a vessel for Diablo who Leah made a pact with when she was about 10. So, um, you know, she's not real interested in uh, bonding with this child. She's ignoring her daughter, much like her father ignored her, oddly enough. Um, and, you know, she knows that right now Leah's an infant. And if Diablo decides to take over this body now, there's not much he can do. So it's going to be a lot of years for Leah to grow up and become useful for that function that Leah uh, was born for, according to Adria. And um, so she uh, decides to just leave again, abandon her daughter with Jillian. Uh, she puts a protective spell on the house, walks away, gone right out of her daughter's life. Um, so where did she go? Well, where she went was she was searching for Zoltan Cool, as uh, was alluded to earlier when she was asking Deckard Kane all about him. Uh, she wants the Black Soulstone that he created and she wanted to use it to trap Asmodon and Belial 
they were the last of the lesser evils that hadn't been captured. Uh, a bunch of them were in the Soul Stone already, and uh, this probably is part of the pact she made with Diablo is to to obtain this. Because as we know, if you if you've played through, I hope this isn't a spoiler at this point. The game, the uh, expansion's been out for a pretty long time, but you know this is something she needs to help Diablo become more powerful and to take over her daughter's body years from now and that kind of thing. And again, it's all about power with Adria. Um, so that's what she was doing. So uh, Jillian actually tries to raise Leah, and you could find out more about this story in the book The Order um, by Nate Kenyon, which goes into a lot about, uh, mm, let's say, part of Leah's history and how she got to uh, end up with Deckard Kane. I'll go into that later, probably, too. Um, so, you know, Leah was still a young child, and um, Jillian was trying to raise her, but Jillian was losing her mind. And this is something that seems to happen with everyone who is from Tristram and who was around all the evil that was in the cathedral. They kind of start losing things. And Deckard Kane arrives at the door of the house uh, right in time because Jillian has you know, already attempted to kill Leah. And this is when Deckard Kane becomes Leah's uncle. They travel together. Um, I'm leaving a lot out because this isn't their story. It's Adria's. Uh, so they do travel together. And Adria's still out there, you know, searching for what she's searching for. And sometimes she does see him with her daughter. And she's okay with this because she was kind of sort of friends with Deckard Kane. You know, she was at least friendly with him. He wasn't an enemy. And uh, she sees her daughter. She kind of from afar occasionally randomly comes across them and sort of sees that her daughter has grown a bit. Um, but she's got no interest in saying hi or being in her daughter's life. She just stays in the shadows. Okay, so 20 years after abandoning her daughter, or thereabout, Adria returns to Chaldeum. And uh, she didn't know it, but the city had been taken over by Belial, and he knows that Adria's after that black soul stone. She gets captured. You play through the game, your character rescues her, and uh, this puts us at the point in the game where the player's trying to find all the missing parts of Zoltan Cool and that whole section through Act 2 and all that. Um, and uh, so, of course, you know, as a, if you played through it, I think if you're listening to me, you probably have at least once. And uh, you go, you end up killing off Zoltan Cool um, and the Soul Stone, his Soul Stone, the Black Soul Stone, that's, you know, super important, is there. And, uh, you know, Zoltan Cool has died and Adria arrives and collects up the Black Soul Stone. So she's got what she wanted and if you think about it in the game, you know, it's Adria that's suggesting uh, we need to, we need to find Zoltan Kuhl's uh, hideout, <laughs> archive, uh, lair, whatever. Um, she's kind of manipulating that as well. But now she's got what she wants. She's got the Black Soul Stone, right? Now, Act 3, uh, Adria is using her daughter. She's um, using her daughter to, uh, she tells Leah that Leah's the only one that can keep the evil inside the Black Soul Stone from escaping into this world. And she's taught Leah just enough to kind of um, do some magic to it. And it's not easy for her. She's never had any magical training. Uh, she's desperate to impress her mother, who she wanted in her life forever, and finally has. And um, she's trying very hard to do this magic. And at the same time, it's sort of killing her in a way. I mean, it's taking all of her energy. Uh, I think she writes in a journal that she's hearing uh, screaming from inside the Black Soul Stone and, and, you know, voices and stuff like that. It's not a good situation for her at all. And I have to suspect that uh, what Adria was doing was not teaching Leah how to protect the world from, you know, whatever was in the Black Soul Stone by keeping it from cracking open. I think she was probably, uh, she'd probably taught her daughter some kind of magic that would actually prep the Soul Stone in a way so that 
what Adria wanted could happen. And we know that does happen between uh, Act 3 and Act 4. You've got that uh, cinematic where uh, Adria has essentially captured her daughter and, uh, you know, uh, uses the Black Soul Stone and uh, Leah essentially becomes completely possessed by Diablo, which is kind of a weird term for it because technically Diablo's always been there. Um, but he comes into full force and we have, you know, Femme Diablo, as many people have called it. And uh, what does Femme Diablo do after, you know, like looking at his hands and going, whoa, look at this, man, I have a full body now. I can go wreak havoc. Um, he dismisses Adria. He says, go until I have need for you again. And she disappears through a portal. And before the expansion, that would have been the end of Adria's story. But since the expansion has come out, of course, we know in Act 5, there is a fight that the player must do with Adria. And you can see Adria got what she wanted. She got a lot of power from Diablo in exchange, potentially maybe the whole pact all the way through was give me your firstborn, <laughs> you know? She did that. He's uh, He goes and, you know, tries to destroy the uh, high heavens and all that. And... Um, Adria got power. She got power for doing it. And uh, by the time you get to Act 5, you've already killed Diablo. He's not part of Sanctuary anymore. He's just kind of neutralized. And uh, she still has her power. She's using her blood to make blood golems she got to fight with. And she's got this huge pool of blood right before the big fight starts. And her body changes from a human to a demon with these, you know, Kerrigan-like wings. And uh, that's a reference from not Diablo 3. Anyway, um... You know, she got the power that she was seeking her entire life, but it's short-lived because, of course, the player slays Adria, and that is the end of her story. This brings us to the end of this episode of Jen's Lore Corner. Find more episodes on Book of Jen at bookofjen.net. <laughs>